comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Episode 258. The moon with the Rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. We are too busy to take your call. everybody and welcome to another patio show episode of half hour wasted that being episode 258 it is yeah, the yeah, weather yeah. in dallas is amazing it's lovely and we decided just let's just do it outside well and we're contractually bound that every 258th episode has to be on the patio so yes. it's like the hand of god came down and touched the plano texas yes. and cleared away the nastiness so we don't we may do a patio show before episode 516 but you can be darn sure that if we make it past 300, hey, 516 will be on the I patio. was told there would be no math. <laughs> um, Speaking of math. There was something I was going to say. Yes. Well, oh, well, and I actually meant to talk about this um, before we started recording, so we'll talk about that later. I just don't want to forget it. So I'm making a mental note to ask you guys about something when we're finished recording. Oh, boy. Now, uh, taking that into account, we were gonna you were gonna read some emails. We had some comments to go to. Yeah. Maybe talk about this Billy Wright comic book collection. And there ain't no maybe about it. And we're I've gonna got talk. a question about tweets and those who follow <clears throat> on Twitter. Well, why don't we do the tweet thing first? Okay, um, I've been wondering why um, people have been following me more lately. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've got like three followers, and that's all great. You know, I. Oh, I, I spent a lot. You. I spent a lot of time and effort, you know, well, composing tweets for those three people. But um, in the last, I don't know, month maybe, I'll uh, I'll look at my, you know, I'll get a, a Gmail notification that hey, blank is now following you. It's like, well, cool, okay, great. And um, so I'm looking at my followers right now, and the last I feel a bit coming, don't 15 you? Fifteen of them. This is not a bit. Actually, it's way more than 15. It may be more like the last 20 or 30. I, I think I've doubled the number of people who follow me on Twitter. But um, the last person, I think, who was legitimate who followed me <laughs> was um, uh, a uh, lovely lady named Kimmy Britt. Um, who is she? Maybe one of the vixens? I don't know. I don't oh, recognize no. that name. Um, I don't know. The website is uh, ihogeek.com. Ihogeek, something like that. Mm, okay. She that says, non girly, hardcore gamer, comic lover, nerd extraordinaire. My dog, Luke Skywalker, is my best friend. Her dog's Her, name is Luke Skywalker? She makes videos. That is uh, awesome. That's cool. That is a mosquito, Bill. Ihogeek? That is mosquito. Yeah, that it's is a mosquito. Head. That's why I put my hood up. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, February. House of Geek. Yeah. Oh, now, sweet. What up? What so, I, I think Kimmy is completely legitimate. And, Kimmy, hey, thank you. It's darn good to have you along for the ride. I'll try to 
find something funny to uh, to write, uh, uh, maybe even this evening. That doesn't mean she's listening, though. No, it doesn't mean she's listening. No, no way. Uh, I guess I should have tweeted that comment. Uh, okay, so here's where it starts getting dicey. Um, from there, um, I now have, and, and the thing I don't get is they're all ladies. So I've now got... Have you seen yourself in the mirror, Bill? Oh, my, uh, yes. And I need more hair. But uh, Your wife is but, no fool. But. No, she wasn't uh, 20 years ago when we met. Um, so uh, a John L. Plasic, a Corey Strike, Winona Josic, Alana Barasa, Edric Cardoni, uh, Galena Schmidler, Georgetta Shallow, Felicia Foots, Marvella Friends, May V. Okay, we get it. That's Gigi enough. Delaluz, on, on, on. There's literally another, <clears throat> well, okay, there's about another 12 that I haven't gotten to. Um, and I'm sitting there wondering, where, you know, were these maybe vixens telling these other ladies to follow me? I don't understand why just some random lady would follow me. These, these ladies all have... Uh, um, Fetching-looking avatars, by the way, and um, a lot of those are probably spam bots. Well, I think so because um, I can't say the name of the website associated. See, with See, I told you this was a bit. <clears throat> it's not a bit. It's this legitimate question. I, Is this, I have a lot are, are people getting their accounts oh, broken into? No, Is this? A, I I have a lot of these. I get uh-huh. a lot of these as well, and they're always lonely and just looking for someone to talk to. Wow, <laughs> check out their website. Well, maybe we can <clears> chat. <throat> yeah, well, Bill, I've easily gotten maybe. 30 of those in the last 30 yeah. days. Well, yeah. Okay, see, that's probably what's happening because they're in the last 30 days, they've been rolling in for me too. But uh, this lady apparently enjoys things that happen in groups. Okay. <laughs> well. And that's where we'll leave that. Um, it's The website is much more uh, specific, though. A lot of times, people will follow you because somebody they follow follows you yeah and or you've said something that was mildly funny and somebody else retweeted it and you know i i've i've gone through my twitter list yeah and tried to figure out why am i following this person and this person and this person right and it's because somebody either said you guys got to follow this person they're hilarious or somebody has retweeted something that that person said that made yeah. me giggle or whatever okay so a lot of it is that, and then a lot of people will. I find a lot of media people okay. follow the Half Hour Wasted account. Okay. A lot of comic creators follow the Half Hour Wasted account. Really? Yeah. And sometimes there's some spillover from that. Okay. To at least to my Twitter. Yeah. Um, not a lot, but there, every once in a while somebody will follow. I'll get two notifications: one for Half Hour Wasted, and then one for Brad Milo. Right. So, so I'm trying to figure out if. Uh, I mean. Do you report this person for <clears throat> report for spam or block or report for spam? Okay. Yeah, I've done that. I before. guess you can block them too. Uh, as, as long as they don't, as long as they don't tweet me or send me PMs, I don't care. I don't yeah. Care. I got one that was that was uh, sending me PMs quite a bit. Really? And, well, and they were totally just manufactured. Oh, okay. And so it, it was a spam bot stuff like. You know, uh, hey, what's up, hot stuff? Yeah. Hey, good looking. Oh yeah. Oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just that's like, funny. Hey. I am good looking, and I am up. So uh, I will. Uh, I'll follow you back. Uh, so that's what they're wanting, I guess. They're wanting you to follow them, or they're wanting you to go to their website, which has a name <laughs> that that you probably couldn't pronounce in the Howard Stern show. Yeah, or how, it would even make Howard Stern blush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, Twitter guess- is a is a social media. It. I mean, yes, that's dumb to say. Yes. Twitter is just another well, way Palma, to advertise. Palmer here has been a member since December thirty first. Sun Clasp has been a member since December thirty first. Lindsay Saparito has been a member since oh January twenty eighth. Then uh, Palma since December thirty first. Uh, Kristen Arias, a lady, January twenty eighth. It's weird. It seems like it's a coinky dink or something. Oh, okay. There is my theory. This one, member since January 29th. Mm-hmm. So somebody has figured out how to set the spam bots uh, on Twitter. Yeah. So Twitter is no longer the pure forum that it used to be, right? That's why we use hashtags. It makes me sad. sad. Sort through all it that. Makes me sad. Yeah. Because yeah, I thought I hear I was getting like uh, popular or something. I should have known better. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Oh, well. So, well, I guess, uh, you know, I guess that's my question, and uh, you guys did a fine job of answering it. So, uh, golf clap. Yay. Okay, so, uh, emails? No, let's talk about the big find. So, this is on the Huffington Post. It's been posted a lot of other places. The headline is, Billy Billy Wright's Comic Collection fetches 3.5. Who's pizza? Who's pizza? Who's pizza? And on the table, I can eat. Yeah, that was. Is there one bite taken out of it? Yes. It's your piece. I took a bite out of it. That's why we thought it was someone else. Because I'm an ogre. Bye. Okay. All right. Go Panthers. The bulk of a man's. How much? Let's say how much was it worth again? Point five million. Is that what it went? That's what it went for at auction. Yeah, it looks like it. Holy cow! Because they were thinking maybe two million. The bulk of a man's childhood comic collection that included many of the most prized issues ever published sold at auction Wednesday for about three point five million. A copy of Detective Comics number twenty-seven sold for ten cents and thirty-nine, and features the debut of Batman. Got a top bid. Wednesday and sold for $523,000. Wow. Let me find another. Well, I understand that, that these were these were really good um, condition. Actually, they, uh, I, I found one where it had the listing of them. Okay. They weren't that great. Uh, Action Comics number one featuring Superman, his debut. So they weren't bagged and boarded? $299,000. Batman number one. $275,000. Captain Dang. America number two, uh, $114,000. Wow. Pretty impressive. It's uh, amazing. Let's see. Experts say the collection is remarkable not only for the number of rare books, but also but because the comics were in kept in such good condition for half a century by the man who bought them uh, who bought them as a child. Now, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to another website and see if I can find... Uh, it had the grading of them. Okay. Because the story We should I'm all be at, that lucky. The story I'm looking at uh, is before the auction. Uh, the The headline was, Inherited Comic Book Collection Could Fetch $2 million. When it was, I was... It was published uh, today, I guess. When I was but a youngin', we, my family uh, went to visit my great-uncle, my dad's uncle my dad's father's brother, in Connecticut. Those are the same guy, and it's not three different people, by the way. Um, And he 
I think I've told this story on our show before, but he... Tell it again! Uh, <clears throat> and some other church members of his church were going through the house of a man who died at their church. Okay. And he found three or four boxes, like long boxes. They might not have been long boxes. They might have been like paper, like paper. The boxes, Dunder Mifflin paper comes in, you know, that right, kind of thing. Right, yeah. Full of comics. And so, you know, the... At one point, half of my collection was all these old things, you wow. know, and there were some there were some old stuff, like really early Amazing Spider-Mans and early, um, like Disney comics and stuff like that. But nothing like yeah. like the ones you're listing. But I mean, the thrill that I got when I looked through those books was just amazing. But I can't. But I'm sure it pales into comparison to what these guys were realized what they had when they saw them. I have the gradings here. Uh, for Detective 27, uh, these are all CGC. It was FM, which I think fine. 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 Uh, 6.5. That's pretty good. Uh, Action Comics, uh, GD to VG, 3.0. Good that's, to very good. Yeah, that's I don't know how they take that count, but 3.0, that's pretty low. All-American Comics, number 16, that has the debut of Green Lantern, VF, 8.0. Is that the original Green Lantern? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah I guess it has to be. Uh, Batman, number one, very fine at 8.5. Man, that's... To be an 8.5 mm-hmm. for that yeah. long? Yeah. That's amazing. That mean what? You, you read it once with... Uh, with white gloves on, and then you put it away. And a Marvel Comics number one, 1939, timely actually, timely 1939. Yeah. Uh, VF 7.5. Still, man, those are just amazing. Now, probably the top greatest. I don't think this is from his collection, though. I think this is another collector selling his. Someone had a Fantastic Four number five, estimated to go for five hundred uh, fifty-five thousand dollars, nine point four. Wow. And that's a Fantastic Jeez. Four number five. You know, and that's like, can you get when you go buy it at the store? Is it already lower than a nine point four? Just because oh, it's got. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe that you'll. Apparently, I'm wrong, but okay, I'll, I'll rephrase it. What I was going to say: ninety nine point nine and forty four one hundredths. Yes. Percent. Ooh. It's of, like ivory soap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Of the comics that you're going to pick up off the shelf, are not going to be a 10.0. Right. But apparently, some people pick up 10.0 copies up off the shelf because then they send them to CGC, and very few get graded 10.0. Right. So, but the mere fact that somebody touched it and put it on the shelf, in my opinion, yeah, makes it's, it. It's nine point nine, right? Yeah, there, isn't it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, at best, I logic tells me that a ten point comic would not exist. Yeah, but apparently CGC. Differs. The fact that it that it was ever opened would diminish it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess I guess it's certainly theoretically possible because you could you could go to the plant where it's manufactured and pick it up off the you, you pick the right one off the press lines, you know, freshly minted. With little white gloves and, and slide it ever so gently into a bag and board or something, maybe yeah. at that point. But, but I mean, it would have to be 
unmolested in any way, I would guess. I, yeah. I would take, in a heartbeat, I would take an Action Comics 3.5 grade. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. And just for nostalgia. Yeah. And, and, you know, Rad Mill, I, I think that that's probably as high, you know, I don't think it can get much higher than that because of the way it was printed on this very cheap paper that... I, unless you hermetically oh, yeah. sealed it the day you got it. You mean back in the... Uh, we, we've already now. tried it. It's hermetically sealed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? one of my comic book finds, which was fairly recently, um, I was at Half Price Books, okay. which is a chain here, and uh, they had um, Secret... I think it was Secret Wars number seven. Is that with, the one with Spider-Man? With the black Spider-Man on Whoa. it. That's number, had it. that's number eight, right? Number eight? Yeah. And uh, on eBay, you look up the value, it's about anywhere between 60 and 80 bucks. Whoa! Uh, they had it for in the locked-up area for $5. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, Did you buy it? it? Yeah, I bought it. Uh, I think my favorite find, um, uh, people might know that I like the Legion of Superheroes a little tiny bit. Or some people may not know that, so I'll tell them right now that I like Legion of Superheroes quite a bit. Yeah, I tied that in. Um, but uh, for a couple of years, I've been going to conventions. Uh, I've, I've even looked online. I, I checked out Newcadia. I think I looked at uh, Mile High. I may have looked at uh, My Comic Book Shop or My Comic Shop and was not able to find issue 125 of Legion of Superheroes, uh, the last issue of the five-year-later run. The issue that directly preceded Legion Lost, which directly rolled into the uh, Abnett and Lanning uh, Legion. And uh, that issue, I was just flat out not able to find anywhere. And I did the same thing you did. I, I'm at that Half Price Books at Independence and Parker, and I'm just randomly going through, because I don't usually go through their comics when I go in there. Uh, just because I figure they've all been pawed horribly, and it's a futile gesture, because it's such a random, you know, it's just such a random collection that you're going to get in a place like that. There's going to be no organization, you know, yada, yada. And, man, I look there, and they've got, they've got not just issue 125, they've got issue 124, 123, 122, and I'd already had the other issues, but I just, I pulled this thing out, and I just looked at it for about a minute. (laughs) I mean, I just looked at it and said, I'm actually holding this comic, I'm actually looking at this thing right here, and I'm about to buy it for half the cover value price. Because it wasn't locked up. It was oh, yeah? a bag. It was literally just it was just one of them comics stuffed in there and, and you know. Sometimes I'll notice the comics in those bins will be in a they won't be boarded, but they'll be bagged. Yeah. And not locked up, but then then they'll have like a half price sticker on it that'll be a different price. Yes. Yeah. They, so they like, do that more often it's these like, days. They, if if it's from the seventies, they tend to mark it up. More than I would. I also depend. Like to say it's worth. I think it depends also on the the store because you'll have employees who will take the time to research, you know, each individual issue and oh, see yeah. if it's worth something. And you don't just have a, people to go put these over there with the funny pages. I think that'd be it. That'd be. A, I mean, if you weren't have, I've always thought it'd be really cool to have a job at Half Price Books. I just, I think it'd be a neat place to work. I think it'd be really interesting to see what comes in. It'd be like you know going to garage sales for a living, just just kind of haunting around. The the downside is that you're you're making like single digits an hour. You know, <laughs> you're not making a living wage. I think it's you're making like eight bucks an hour or something like that. So you better be living with your parents to, to work there. But um, how cool would it be to 
have the opportunity to see those comics come in and you just go, you know what, I'll just set this one aside. <laughs> you know? Yes, I uh, have your offer, you know. Uh, Joel uh, Epstein, uh, your offer is ready at the counter. Joel Epstein, your offer is ready at the counter. Uh, yeah, thank you for bringing in these five long boxes. Uh, we'll, we're prepared to offer you $2.75 for them. Yeah, that's... You for all of them? Yes, for all of them. That's pretty much... All right, whatever. I took in a box one day, and I know that, you know, just your random books aren't going to get anything from half price, but they do resell a lot of magazines, and, uh... My grandmother, God rest her soul, had uh, had just kept a subscription going to National Geographic for us for years. And so, and I don't mean like 20 years, I mean like four or five years. But so I had like three or four years worth of National Geographic's in basically mint condition. Right. And I see that stuff at half price all the time, and you know, there's something to it. So I had a bunch of books, but mainly I had a bunch of these. and. I took him in and I figured, I'll get something for him. You know, I'll get five bucks, ten bucks, whatever it is. It's like, I'm not looking for cash, I'm looking for trade-in value, which is generally higher. And, yeah, what do they offer me? Oh my god, the wolves are out. You hear that? <laughs> yeah. Um, like a buck fifty? Dude, you nailed it. They offered me one dollar and fifty cents for this entire box of books and magazines. Yeah, that's... And I just kind of shook my head and went... Really? But at that point, I guess they kind of know that... I mean, I don't know that they're they're really trying to to kind of binge over, you know? Well, but, uh, I've taken... But, but they know that you don't want to take them home. I've taken stuff in there before and have been pleasantly surprised at okay. what I've been offered. Interesting. Yeah, so... what? I mean, was it books or comics or... Um, I took... A bunch of books and CDs. Okay. So and I've never tried taking CDs, DVDs, any of that stuff in. Yeah, I took a bunch of books and CDs. God. And DVDs. You know what I need to do? Yeah. I, did, I got I have a two-step plan. Um, by the way... Don't uh, make me a millionaire! The greatest show ever, Farscape, is now available on, uh, for, on Netflix streaming. And I'm a little bit bitter that uh, the quality of the episodes on Netflix is better than the quality on my DVDs. Yeah, that's... Because the, the transfers, some company called ACV, I think, and the transfers are awful. They're grainy, and they're worth watching, but um, somebody... Uh, gosh darn it, I'm sorry I'm forgetting your name. Uh, somebody sent me a link uh, letting me know that they were selling the season set of Farscape Blu-rays on Amazon for $68. And... Me likey. I don't know if they've got any left or if they still are at that price, but uh, I'm thinking to myself, man, is there some way I would, if I could get 40 or 50 bucks for for those four seasons of uh, Farscape DVDs, I'd sell them in a heartbeat and uh, get myself, you know, one little tiny package of Blu-rays because my Farscapes take up almost an entire bookshelf. I am... Um... You know, there's there's always eBay and stuff. Yeah, uh, I've re- thought about that. Recently, I went to uh, GameStop and I sold three games back. I had just finished playing uh, Lord of the Rings Conquest. Okay, which that was fun. And then I had a Madden and, a, and an NBA game. I got ten cents for really? the Madden and for the NBA. <laughs> wow! Really? Ten cents each. Holy cow! Now, granted, I only played that Madden maybe an hour. Now, see, the NBA, I never cracked because I just. Where'd you get those? GameStop too. Yeah, I've because uh, that well, I mean, I got for ten cents 
but I probably bought them for two dollars. Like, yeah. Oh, for two dollars, I'll I'll try. Madden. Sure. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, was it like Madden 06 or something? Uh, it wasn't that old, but it was definitely Madden 09. Madden okay. 1985. <laughs> hey, hey, oh no, 85. I must say, I've got Madden 95. By the way, that game takes about an hour to play. It's it's, it's insane. Well, but it's uh, definitely for the sports fan because there were a lot of nuances that I w- I just I said can't I just run with the ball? Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to choose the play? I, this is taking longer than I'm used to. And see, I'm, I had uh, I had a bunch of Maddens. Um, I've still got them uh, with uh, my. I still got them. I still got them with my Super Nintendo system, my my SNES system, SNES, SNES. Yes, my SNES system. Um, and you know those were those were all well and good, but um, you know I don't really you know I think in the DVR age there's so much junk under DVR you you got to watch because your DVR is at ninety seven percent full and getting ready to start knocking stuff off that I I never have time to play games and it's just one of those where I kind of feel weird sitting down playing video games these days anyway I don't think it's because I'm more mature than that I just I just I don't know what the deal is and and I wish that I just could free my soul and just say, hey, I'm going to spend three hours tonight playing World of Warcraft or Call of Duty or Red Dead or, you know, whatever. Oh, you know, I just, or, or, I just finished playing mm-hmm. Red Dead. Brad, did you play Red Dead? I did play Red Dead. Did you play uh, or, uh, also the, the zombie no, because, Undead Nightmare? Because uh, I found Red Dead a little boring. Our few, our few I, I liked it. it. I liked it a lot. Our uh, mutual my, friend Snitker uh, was playing uh, Red Dead. I don't know if he's done with it. My, uh, it, it took me about halfway through the game to realize this, but I got tired of having <laughs> to travel from point to point. Well, once and, you... And then, but once I figured out, oh, wait, there's fast travel, then I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Oh, that makes the game a little okay. more enjoyable. Hey, I want to say, spend, spend three hours sitting there playing Batman Arkham City. Oh, I want And you'll to. realize... Holy crap! It's been three hours already. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, that's kind of the way we are with uh, we uh, Star Wars uh, for we. Yeah, uh, like like a Star Wars. Yeah, although the it's it's getting to be not an issue, but we've now completed we there's like 160 levels. I can't figure this out Mm -hmm. because there's like 160 levels to complete, but we've gone all the way through every level of all six. Worlds, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that, you know, each world being one of the movies. So, and we've only got—we're literally like a quarter of the way through what it says are 160 different levels. I'm trying to figure out where are the other 120 levels. Well, I think a lot of it is once you unlock the story, you can go back through on free play yeah. and, and use different characters in those same. And situations. we do. We uh, Sage and I just spent uh, about a week—not a straight week, but. Um, uh, we played a couple different times uh, to get 275,000 Lego points or whatever they were because Sage was absolutely insistent on getting the Emperor. Oh, yeah? And sure enough, it's pretty awesome because, you know, your, your Jedi powers, you shoot lightning and he goes... <laughs> That's awesome. And, he, and guys just kind of, they, they, they lurch up into the air, they kind of quiver and then they go... And then they blow up. And it's pretty awesome. And then the Emperor... He uh, when he jumps, he, he does these these like corkscrew twirls. So and he's ugly. So yeah, the emperor's pretty awesome. Does he have a dark hood? Yeah, but I didn't realize. Does he I, use a lightsaber? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, we also got uh, Darth Maul. Ah. Yeah. But we've been going through on free play, and I've been uh, uh, Sage will pick a Jedi or somebody, and I've been picking uh, 
uh, Boba Fett pretty consistently because Boba Fett can fly. Boba awesome. Fett. And wait a minute, he's got a totally. Don't you mean Bobo Fett? Bobo Fett for our old it, listeners. It depends on who you ask. Um, Bobo. But uh, he also has a big old gun too. And there's so many places, like you said, on free play. There's so many doors that that it wants a Boba Fett to open. Right. Um, yeah. Or a stormtrooper, or a or droid, a or, or yeah. whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that's a good segue. Uh, last week, Brad, you couldn't make it, but we. Uh, sages or uh, uh, the professor, yeah, threw a little surprise yeah. for Bill, and we all went to go see uh, Phantom Menace along with some other people. Phantom Menace 3D, yeah. And the one thing that really stood out first, uh, it's not as bad of a movie as I remember it. Um, but the second thing was that there, there were kids in the audience, and watching it with kids because I've only seen it with jaded fans and by myself on DVD. It's a different experience, and it's there's an energy to it to hear kids laugh at certain parts, and that was just a, that was a, that was an interesting way to watch it. Um, and uh, the 3D, Bill, I don't know what you thought. We didn't really get to talk about that part of it. Yes, subtle. I have thoughts. Um, I as we discussed uh, for a couple minutes after the uh, movie was over. Uh, um, we went with uh, the great John Snicker and the great Dennis Pooh. Were you surprised? I, I was. I, okay. I was surprised. I, I went over to Home Depot while they were at karate or whatever it was they were doing. And, you know, I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, so she said, Got she said, she said put a shirt on. She said, put a Is that a text message? Yeah. That's awesome. How great is that? Mm-hmm. Phaser? No, the communicator. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yes, yeah, that's my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, notification tone ever. But um, <laughs> but yeah, she says, put a clean shirt on. And I text her back and I go, I just got to Home Depot. Because I had to go buy some wood because the dogs have chewed through the fence. Oh, boy. Or they've clawed through the fence, literally. I mean, it, it's, it's not totally their fault. The problem is that the wood in the fence is as rotten as our dogs are. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That being the uh-huh. case, the fence still needed to be repaired badly. It was actually the gate. So I'm over there getting some oops wood, you know, some wood that had been cut wrong or whatever. So it's like 51 cents a, 51 cents for a two by four. So I picked up a few of those and some metal, blah, blah, blah. So I get home and Sash is like, uh, okay, we got to go, got to go, got to go right now. And she didn't even get the kids out of the car. So I said, do I need to change shirts? Those are my flash shirt, which is awesome. And so I just, I just literally went from my car. I didn't even take the wood out of the trunk. I just went from my car to her car, and we started driving, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, we're not going to, like, uh, somebody's house or, you know. I, I had no idea where we were going. It, Chili! I knew it had something to do with my birthday, but she was being very secretive about it. And so it's like, oh, my God, where are we going? Who, who's this? I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to have to be social, and, you know, it's just I'm going to have to, like, be outgoing and stuff, and <laughs> bummer. Uh, so it's we so unlike driving. you to talk to anybody. <laughs> I know. So uh, we're, we're driving uh, west on Parker, and uh, all of a sudden the, the kids start going, dun, 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 dun. It's like, ah, oh, no way. And sure enough, we take the right turn towards the, uh, the movie theater. and uh, The Cineplex. Uh, yeah, so at that point, I knew that we were going to see episode one. And I'm thinking, okay, fine. I mean, I, you know, it seems a, a crazy amount of money to spend on, you know, it's like, because we can go see it in three weeks at the Dollar Theater for sure. twelve bucks instead of sixty or whatever it is, you know, or fifty whatever it is. But it's like, you know, it's my birthday. I should just loosen the heck up and just right. enjoy the ride and all that. You know, the journey, not the destination, all that. So uh, we start walking into the theater, 
and uh, we get the popcorn, we get the tick, you know, we get the tickets, and we get the drink, and uh, we get the the goods that we smuggled into the theater. <laughs> oh, don't tell anybody about that part. Um, and we uh, we go into the theater. We uh, we take the turn to the steps. I look up, and there's Frank and Dennis and John sitting up there. It's like no way. You gotta be kidding me. Cool. So it was an absolute. It was it was a surprise. It was an absolute definite surprise, and it was so freaking cool. And it didn't hurt that I know I've gone down this road before, but I'll be your episode one apologist. And I'm you know again, I know I'm treading old ground. I'm not trying to say it's Citizen Kane. I'm not. I'm not trying to say it's better than Empire Strikes Back. You know, I'm not trying to say it's the best episode of the Bill, series. Bill, Bill, Bill. But it's enjoyable. It's okay to like it. It is okay to like it. That's I what, like some that's things about it. Um. I just I the movie and again like Frank said as you're in the theater with all these people having this 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 mass communal experience right. of enjoying this movie it is different than sitting there watching it on your sofa and it is more enjoyable because you can just you can feel the love sure. you know I saw it four times in 99 when it came out and was pretty well blown away and I think the biggest point for me is just that every single time I see that movie and I've seen it I've seen episode one probably more times than any of the other movies, just simply because it's the most kid-friendly of the six movies. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I've watched it with uh, Zoe and Sage a uh, hundred times. Um, maybe not a hundred, but double digits for darn sure. And that first scene with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. and, and first of all, Qui-Gon is the most bad-to-the-bone Jedi yeah, just about oh, ever. Pretty, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Yoda, you know, Obi, you know, old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right, sure. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, and uh, just a tangent for a minute, like I, like I ever do this, I've, just, I, I've decided that I need, some, um, uh, I need some, some light reading. I've been going back and reading some back issues of comics and stuff because I'm not currently going to the LCS right now. Right. Um, but I finally said, you know what? I've had these two books on my shelf for, um, I don't know, five years, ten years, however long they've been out. I've never read them. I got halfway through the first book one time. Um, Spectre of the Past and Vision, uh, of the future. Vision of the Future, the two Timothy Zahn books right. that happened that he did after his, uh, his Thrawn trilogy, yeah. which was intense and great. They happened like 20 years after Star Wars. Okay. Maybe. maybe. Well, in this yeah, one, Thrawn, It might have been about that long. Thrawn has been deposed. They... People think Thrawn is dead, and um, they're still Thrawn, trying to... Seriously, didn't he have a sister, or am I thinking of... Didn't I don't, he have a sister? I don't okay. think he had a sister. Anyway, right, go on. so I've, I've been getting into this book, and this this is going to dovetail back into, our, in, into what I was uh, talking about. But um, in the book, there's a section. Luke Skywalker is flying to uh, planet... Uh, what's the name of it? Whatever. I've been reading it late at night. Uh, the names are escaping me. But Luke is thinking to himself... And, uh, Ken Morgan is yelling out the name of the planet right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Hey, Possibly will, Russ, too. Ken, we'll see you soon. Um, and Russ, you too. Bring barbecue. Um, maybe with maybe Russ. Yeah. Well, no, Russ, um, take some vacation days and bring us barbecue. Yeah. Um, so uh, so Luke is thinking to himself because uh, the thought has been going through his head. And people have been saying that uh, that they believe Luke is dangerous. There, there's People have been kind of, you know... There's been a couple of planets that like don't want him to show up anymore because they consider him dangerous. Right. And Luke is thinking, "Am I really dangerous?" And he's thinking to himself, "Well, you know, Obi-Wan 
with a wave of his hand, could have taken out Darth Vader and everybody else, but he didn't. He chose to let himself be struck down and ascended to the next plane and became Ghost Obi-Wan. And he thought the same thing about Yoda. It's like Yoda could have taken out the Death Star, you know, if he'd wanted to, but he didn't. And, and Luke is trying to figure out if he's using his powers wisely. And so anyway, it just, it just, it just leads me back to, to wonder how powerful these Jedi really were. And to truly dovetail back into where I started the tangent from, this is the first time in Episode One that you ever see Jedi's operating at full strength. Right. I mean, you ever see Jedi's who can run fast and, and jump, and you know who aren't learning the craft. Like you know? you've like you've said before, all we've seen are either old men or half robots or yeah. young, un- inexperienced late bloomers. Well, and I never got the impression. Uh, it, it makes me wonder if it's going to be expounded on more in the book. Um, but it, the thought never crossed my mind that Obi-Wan was so powerful that he could have just swept Darth Vader aside. You know, I always thought that it was, it was, you know, Darth Vader was physically stronger than him. Maybe they were roughly equal in terms of their utilization of the Force. But it never occurred to me that Obi-Wan was just flat out more powerful than Darth Vader. I know. Is that Timothy Zahn book? That's Timothy Zahn. Yes. I know. Saying I, that? Or Luke's well, thinking this is, that? Luke is thinking this. Okay. And, but, but Luke is... I mean, he, Luke's not sitting there thinking, I wonder if. Luke is thinking, I'm sure that he could have. Yeah. That's, that's the way he's approaching this. And again, this is internal monologue that Luke is having with himself. And right. so it just... It kind of got me to wondering, you know, exactly, you know, where the power levels were. And, and the reason Luke's thinking that is he's wondering... You know, he he's wondering why they didn't. Well, I think I think that may be a little bit of mischaracterization on Timothy Zahn's. I mean, maybe part. that's a touch of poetic license by yeah, Mr. Zahn. I think so. Okay, that that would be fair enough. But so because we've never seen a Jedi that powerful, right? I mean, I mean even, even Yoda, yeah. can you know he has limits, and he, yeah. you know if he was really that strong, the, the war would have ended. The, but you know, he, the thing he, is, there's that, no way he would have not. Destroyed um, the Death Star if he could have. Yeah, or Ben. The people that would exhibit those abilities, I th- I think, would be more of the dark side anyway. I mean, those those types of all encompassing shows of strength and you know limitless power type of stuff. Yes, is really you know a dark side type of thing more so than yeah. you know I Yoda would. If he could have destroyed the Death Star, he probably would have wanted to evacuate it first, you know. Because there's a, right, like the joke goes, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of subcontractors on that second Death Star that <laughs> yeah. were still just building it. They were getting paid to do a job and put the AC ducts in. Right. And next thing they know, they're not going home to Junior and Mom. Yeah. Oh. So was it evil Junior and evil Mom? Yes. How do you spell Thrawn? I'm looking up his Thrawn. T H R A W N. Yes. Score. That's um, what I did. So yeah, so I just so how was the three D? How did it okay. look? That's my one beef with that movie is I don't want to use the term ripped off in relation to the three Ding of the movie. Yeah, but the three D was so subtle. That was the word that Russell used, and yeah, I, that's that may be why I'm picking up on it too. Um, it was absolutely. It was so subtle that it was almost hard to tell that it was in 3D really? a lot of the time. That's, I really, that's, 
I really expected That's stuff in the background to really seem way the heck back there. Well, what about what about really? during the 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 pod racing scene? You would think those, those were very three D ish, but yeah. uh, but just an appropriate amount. It wasn't crazy. They were more three D. It reminded me a little bit of Tron Legacy, okay, which was the first movie that we went and saw where they didn't use the three D as a three D vehicle. They just were putting you in a three D environment, right? Because there was never a time, you know. That was the thing about about Tron Legacy is like, yeah, it was really good 3D, and of course, it was created to be 3D. You know, the parts that were 3D were filmed with 3D. It was not going back and doing 3D in post like right, they right. did with Alice in Wonderland or with these Star Wars eps. Um, but I was actually a little bit put off. It's like this is what you're giving us. This is what we're paying for the 3D glasses for. This is what I'm sitting with the 3D glasses on for is for this because really. During the pod races, um, it was it was more obvious. Um, I expected the space scenes, like the space yeah. battle at the end, to be really in your face, three D. Holy cow! Look how far back you know that star, you know that yeah. that ship is, and and you know look at these stuff zooming around you. And, you know, I just felt you'd really feel like you were out there with them, and it still felt like you were watching a movie. Yeah. Uh, I I am under the impression that they were limited by the the way the technology. Works well, because there true. was a separation on it. It did feel 3D, totally subtle. The movie wasn't meant to be 3D. It wasn't right. filmed that way. So you know, well, neither neither were a lot of the recent 3D movies. Why is that dog yeah. freaking out? I don't know. And I think that's why some of them that weren't done in 3D, but they were yeah. done in post. There was a lot of complaints about it because it was forced. Yeah. You can't say that this was overdone. It was definitely subtle and. No, it was, it was nice. It was pleasant. I would have liked to have seen the the lightsaber duel at the end. Yeah, that three D. I tell you what, um, that also. I just I walked out of the theater thinking that is the greatest fight scene it in is. all six movies. It is definitely, and it's just it just that that's the one thing that movie. If for whatever faults other people think that movie has, that movie is bookended by two of the. By two of the coolest Jedi action sequences in all six movies. I would agree. You know, and I just, for me, just that beginning and that end scene are worth the price of admission. And I just, I, I really enjoy the, the, that movie really feels like a fantasy. Because the the trip through the core with the sure. the big fish and the bigger fish and the yeah, how was that underwater three D? Did that? Yeah, it was it was okay. Like there were several things floating in yeah. the water. Was was that? But no, there, there, hey, there was. Calm there down. Was, there was never a time where I was struck by the amount of three D ness in the okay. movie. Um, in fact, I was disappointed. Well, um, let's hope they. They improve it a little for episode I, two. Honestly, I do because I really want to see the the speeder chase through Coruscant in three D. That would you would be, think that that would that would benefit from three D. I would yeah. hope. Yeah. I would hope so because you know, like you said, we've seen them go back and post. You know, you know, Alice in Wonderland. They they made the decision not to shoot in three D and just to post the three D later. What Clash of the Titans was that way? I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think so. Um, and and th- those and movies got lots of complaints because okay. the three D wasn't good. And I think they yeah. they forced it. I think Voyage of the Dawn Treader was like that, and I think Thor was also like that. But the Thor 3D, I thought, worked really well. Um, it can be done well. Yeah, I uh, I don't remember the Thor 3. I remember, um, what movie were we at? I think the three of us, at least, maybe all three of us were there, but we went and saw a movie uh, where we saw a trailer for Thor, and it, these were 3D trailers, and I, I think I remember turning and looking at one of you guys and going, I do not need to see that in 3D. Yeah. Because the 3D just felt almost ridiculous in that instance. And I did end up going and seeing it in 3D, and I wasn't disappointed. But, um, but yeah, it, 
it, it makes me wonder, did they choose to have the 3D effects in episode one that subtle on purpose? Or was it some limitation like you're uh, like you're postulating, Mr. Frank? I, I would, yeah, I would go, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's like they said, okay, we can go all out and just go over the top with it or just make it subtle and just yeah you do it do it really good but it has to be if you want it to be really good it yeah. has to be subtle cuz i didn't want it to be you know friday the 13th part 3d in your face you know mm-hmm. flaming arrow flies past your ear but um, i was talking to uh, i was talking to someone else a cousin of mine who's uh, he's an older feller and uh, he was telling me that he's never seen a 3D movie ever. Yeah, and I assume that means that includes the red blue glasses back in the 50s or 70s or whatever. Uh, but I was telling him that you know these days the 3D movies are pretty amazing. You know, I dragged uh, uh, our boy Snicker to go see Avatar because I just wanted to see it. I wanted to experience this 3D thing with this. 3D. What's this 3D? What's these this, kids are yes. talking about. What is this? What is this third dimension you're throwing at me and making me pay extra money for? But I told uh, John... Uh, look, the dogs look like they're yeah. hugging. I told the cousin John they're they're playing. They're uh, hugging! No, Pepper Pepper wants to play fight with Kaya, and Kaya just is being uh, put out right now. They're yeah, hugging! True. They may also be hungry, hey, I don't know. It's uh, it's 7.15, were we supposed to... If you don't mind, yeah. how, about we, uh, how about we reconvene for uh, episode 259 uh, up at the... Uh, up at the the basketball shack. Okay, and okay. Uh, we'll. Uh, so next week you'll hear some. I want to read uh, an email or two, and uh, we'll just take it from there. Sweet. And so, then, no, we'll talk about it next episode. So okay. guys, uh, thank you for listening to a half hour wasted. Check us out at hhwlod.com. Check out all the great shows we have on the hhwlod network. And until next week, who is that? I'm actually not in the mood to come up with a gag this week, so I'm Bill. And I'm Frank. I'm Brad. And we'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted.